Trade Efficiency with NACFI's Mike Roth and Friends. Here in episode 52, we're joined by Diane Newton, an Associate Vice President at HNTB, where we talk about her company's role in transforming how freight gets moved and what intelligent transportation systems really are. She also shares takeaways from the Columbus, Ohio Smart City Project. We talk about the I-70 Truck Automation Corridor Program, and she encourages everyone to stay engaged and understand the role of how technology in transportation makes for a more efficient and clean movement of goods. Today we have joining us Diane Newton. She's an Associate Vice President at HNTB. And we're going to get an explanation of that here really soon. Um, it's a real pleasure to have you on today, Diane. Uh, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so, uh, you know, I always ask my guests, um, because the title is Freight Efficiency with NACFI's Microth and Friends, um, how we met, how we got to uh, become friends and start working together. Um, I don't think it's been that long ago, Diane, but do you remember and recall? I remember that our worlds collided around the area of electrification and more specifically freight electrification. I had my colleagues in Ohio were working on a freight EV study for the Ohio Department of Transportation, more specifically their innovation arm and office Drive Ohio. Uh, and I believe that they connected with NACFI on the topic of user needs and best practices for freight electrification. And we then, so we interviewed you guys about your run on last demonstration program. And shortly thereafter, we had an opportunity with Drive Ohio for a freight technology project. And we were, we needed a, a critical element of that was outreach to fleets on the topic of automation and automation specifically in freight. And we brought NACFI onto our team for that proposal. Yeah, yeah. We're going to get into that here in a little bit. That was an easy one to respond to because Dave Schaller and I, Dave, Dave's a Purdue graduate, I'm an Ohio State graduate, so we get a project that works with um, both the state of Indiana and Ohio, <laughs> we're, we're uh, you know, it's easy for us to say yes to it. Um, that, that, that's a fun project. Um, but tell us a little bit about HNTB. I mean, I, you're doing some really great work in this uh, arena of, uh, you know, the technologies that are coming to transform how freight's moved and, uh, you know, in trucking in particular, but uh, tell us about the company um, and, uh, you know, it, it's in this area of intelligent transportation systems. And uh, I'm really intrigued by uh, what that is and that whole area and who works in the space. So, um, yeah, tell us about it. Sure. Well, HNTB is an architecture and engineering firm uh, with a national presence. We have about 5,000 employees. Um, a lot of people know us for more traditional engineering projects around roadways and bridges and utility design. Um, we also build some, some football stadiums, so we are a well-rounded architecture and engineering firm, but there is a core practice of about 200 staff or so that focus completely on intelligent transportation systems and emerging mobility. We are a team of engineers that focus on projects that build out uh, agency's digital infrastructure, which is sort of using data from multiple sources and mo multiple modes and transforming that into action. We also do a lot of what the community considers traditional ITS, um, both in vehicles and on the roadside. This is a lot of work around the communications technology for vehicle to vehicle and vehicle to infrastructure communications and applications. And we're doing a lot now in the areas of emerging mobility building out and designing software and applications that automate um, existing characteristics like 
planning and payment for multimodal trips within the transportation ecosystem. So inherently that type of work is more transit and multimodal and service oriented. Um, but we do have a whole another practice, a whole part of our ITS and emerging mobility practice is um, automating freight transactions and the inspection and paperwork trail that is inherent in sort of the, the um, enforcement and inspection um, capabilities that, that state agencies are responsible for. And it's so fascinating. I mean, I've had, I've had a career in trucking and, you know, different jobs over my career sort of, you know, got into the logistics side of things. But this is a, a really exciting area. I mean, I've always thought that moving goods, we were, you know, we we're pretty efficient at it in the United States. But um, just the the amount of information technology that's out there that can help improve all these transactions and you know we did a report a couple of years ago where we said you know you need four things to move freight you need a tractor and a trailer a driver and the freight itself mm -hmm. and and we concluded that now we know where all four are we never have known you know we've got gps right. on on all four so <laughs> how do we do it and and you know um i was thinking about this its i mean you and i actually were in louisville together at the midwest ITS conference. Um, and I remember sitting there looking at how, um, you know, state folks are looking at weather data and they're predicting accidents and congestion and all kinds of really exciting uh, information. Um, uh, it was a great, it was a great couple of days in Louisville. Um, tell us a little bit more maybe about, you know, how, how do those, um, not just about what HNTB is doing, but what's the opportunity here for uh, trans improving transportation using all this data and this technology that's that's emerging? Well, yeah, a lot of, I mean, HNTB inherently, our, our focus is on state and local agencies. We we serve the, the public sector primarily, the state and local level. Me in particular, I'm focused in Indiana and Ohio, but I also work on projects and pursuits of national significance that are really advancing these more emerging ideas around um, all things ACES is sort of the acronym that we use, automated, connected, electric, and shared. We help agencies on the program management side and the systems engineering, which is sort of the concept development requirements building process for these emerging technology solutions. And then we also work a lot with agencies on how can they integrate these solutions into just traditional, their, the traditional transportation systems management and operations. Obviously the public sector and infrastructure owner operators have defined responsibilities, but technology, as you mentioned, can, can improve their ability to manage these things, especially on the topic of uh, things like incident and weather response. Um, congestion management, signal performance measures. It can help them measure performance and identify areas, potential problem areas that they want to improve. Um, so we do a lot on that integration side. And we also have what we refer to as an innovation council. We are connected with about 80 or so private companies and we can connect our public sector clients to these private sector firms who are really on the forefront and delivering these innovative products and solutions. It's completely just a way to help our public sector clients maintain um, an awareness of what's not only what's out there currently, but what's on the horizon. And then we also have a lot of subject matter expertise and staff who are involved in the research and development of standards and certification. 
these more emerging solutions are, you know, in the process of becoming more standardized through groups like SAE and on the air. And there's research happening um, at the federal level, uh, as well as on the academic side. So we are involved in organizations like the Transportation Research Board and ITS America. You mentioned, you know, we connected at ITS Midwest. So sort of providing that thought leadership at the national level is another resource that we provide to our clients. Tell us about you and how how you got into this, um, because I, I, I know you and, and the audience is already hearing your passion for this work. So how'd you get here and, and why, why is this important to you? Well, I actually went to the U.S. Merchant Marine Academy for my bachelor's degree. So I kind of I grew up or came of age in the freight and logistics industry. I went out to sea. I got to see sort of containerization in practice from the maritime side, certainly. And once I got my bachelor's degree, then I got my master's degree in systems engineering and operations research, which is all about sort of the procedural and design process for any type of emerging technology process because it manages risk. So I've been at HNTB for four years, but prior to that, I worked for a consulting company that worked primarily with the federal side with the United States Department of Transportation's ITS Joint Program Office. So I worked in this, this space of ITS and connected vehicle research for about 17 years before I came to HNTB. And a lot of the projects that were federally funded were pilot and test projects that the feds worked with local public and private sector partners to sort of test and prove out. And it just, I kind of stayed in the freight space. Um, there is a Federal Highway Administration Office of Freight Management. They partnered a lot with USDOT's Joint Program Office. So I made a lot of connections and worked on pilot projects, uh, specifically in the areas of, of commercial vehicles, commercial vehicle enforcement, um, sort of the freight, the drayage community. And when I got the opportunity to come to h in 2017, I sort of jumped at the chance to move from the research side to the more widespread deployment of ITS and connected and automated vehicles at the state and local level. I felt like at that time there was this movement toward the widespread adoption of these technologies. And I wanted to be um, sort of boots on the ground working with state wow. agencies to help to, to advance those deployments and move, you know, move research forward, really. Yeah, so making it real, right? Coming out yeah. of the labs and making it real. So um, yeah. hey, I wanted to get into, uh, and this goes back a little bit of time over the last five years and so forth, but Columbus, Ohio won the Department of Transportation's uh, Smart City Challenge. I think I got that right. I, I, I'm trying to remember exactly, but um, Columbus won uh, the five-year, I think, $40 million grant, um, and that's now completed. Uh, you, you were in part, or you were involved in that, right? And uh, tell that's us a little right. bit about yeah, tell us about that. I mean, how exciting. I remember when the competition was going on, and then, um, you know, very exciting that you won. And then um, curious, how, how, what came of all that? Well, the challenge was began in 2015. And the, you're right, it was a $40 million grant that was, was put out there in 2015. 78 cities applied and then seven finalists were selected. And those seven finalists were provided like a million dollars in seed money to write their applications. And at that point, HNTB had been involved in the initial the initial application, and then once Columbus was selected as a finalist, we worked with them to develop the grant application. And once when they were selected as the winner, then we have supported the program ever since. So we 
were involved on the program management and systems engineering side for the entire program from, you know, from 2015 all the way through uh, this past year. And Smart Columbus was a portfolio of eight projects. It started out as 15, and over the course of the first year, projects were sort of merged, combined, cut. There was the, the systems engineering process and user needs really defined the final eight projects that, that were selected. But the goal, the overarching goal of the entire program was focused on mobility being an equalizer for the community in Columbus. The vision was to use technology to empower uh, residents in Columbus to live their best lives through responsive, innovative, and safe mobility solutions. They really wanted to demonstrate uh, how ITS and equitable access to transportation can help cities face everyday challenges. So kind of moving past demonstrating technology because it's cool to demonstrating technology because it's solving a community need. There was eight projects. They sort of fell under three themes. And we had the enabling technologies sort of was a connected vehicle project that leveraged their existing advanced traffic signal system uh, and deployed additional safety and mobility applications through the connected vehicle environment. There was a handful of app software applications that provided uh, enhanced human services. Those technologies, those solutions focused on preventing and remediating problems and improving overall quality of life for different transportation users um, in the community. And then they had an emerging technology project, which was their automated vehicle project, which sought to show how technologies that are in development or will be developed can sub still substantially alter the business and social environment. So in the case of Columbus, that was an automated vehicle deployment. It was a last mile, first mile, last mile solution that connected um, an opportunity neighborhood with transit and community resources. So all told there was there was eight projects and they, yeah, we, I mean, COVID hit in the middle of it, which, which, you know, certainly slowed us down and shortened the demonstration timeframe just because, you know, the first six months or so of COVID, no one was going anywhere. So, right. <laughs> you know, we were very, but we were still proud of what we were able to accomplish even coming out of COVID. We extended the program by a few months to, you know, better measure the impact of these eight projects, but five of the eight projects really continued on past the life of the grant in what, which ended in June of 2021. Yeah. And, you know, as you were talking about some of the original goals and so forth, I mean, uh, and you think through some of what's top of mind for a lot of us now around environmental justice and communities and resiliency, uh, you know, some of those things that I think were back in 2015, became more real uh, right. the last few years with um, a lot of, uh, you know, new understanding or, or better understanding about some of the solutions we need. So quite interesting. What, what, would, um, what would be a couple of, of really proud things uh, that came out of that for, for you that, or maybe the city? I mean, I know you, you talked through the projects, but um, what's a, a couple of favorites that, that probably the Smart City Award uh, helped do that might not otherwise been accomplished there in Columbus? I think it, there's two things that really jump out at, in my mind. And the first is sort of making these these more, these more newer modes more accessible to the community. They Two of the projects, there was a smart mobility hub project and a multimodal trip planning application, both of which the city was able to kind of put out a bike share, again, in that opportunity neighborhood that was not planned originally. They partnered with COGO it really extended some of these more innovative bike share, scooter share models into an opportunity neighborhood where quite frankly, these resources would not have been dropped off. You know, you think about how scooters 
descended on cities across the country, they were being, you know, they were being dropped off in, you know, tourist areas and major downtown areas, but not in neighborhoods to really act as a mobility solution. So I think that's one thing that really um, was a moment of pride. And the second thing was just the connection to the community throughout the program. There was a real focus on um, co-creation. So we worked with, with uh, community liaisons in Linden, which is that oppor opportunity neighborhood. And they also kind of continued to develop the workforce on the connected vehicle project. In particular, the city sought out automotive shops in the Opportunity neighborhood of Linden who were interested in learning about connected vehicle technology, how it is installed, how it operates on vehicles. And they supported the installation of over a thousand onboard units um, in those vehicles. So I think I think really it all is focused around the people in Columbus, both integrating them into the development process and then continuing, you know, advancing that knowledge and making them a part of the solution and developing the workforce for the future. Oh, so cool. So cool. That, that is so exciting. So, all right, so let's move forward now. Um, and back to this project that you're working on, on uh, automated and connected trucks in Ohio and Indiana. I mean, you know, right now, we're seeing uh, tests and deployments, early deployments and testing and so forth out west where, you know, there's, uh, you know, New Mexico, Arizona, Texas, where there's, there's not a lot of traffic, there's not a lot of anything. And here we got this project here in, you know, quite busier, uh, you know, interstate systems in Ohio and Indiana. So take us through, uh, you know, who funded it? What's the timeline? What's going to be accomplished? Um, and um, a little bit maybe about some of the challenges that you're seeing, or that we're seeing, I should say, uh, you know, here we're in it about what we've been working about nine months, maybe on the project. Yeah, yeah just coming up, but we're coming up on a year. Um, so this was a four-year grant funded by the Federal Highway Administration's Advanced Transportation and Congestion Management Technology Deployment. It's quite a mouthful. ATCMTD is the grant program. It's been, that grant program has been around for the last couple of years. So this was an application that was jointly made by the Indiana and Ohio Departments of Transportation in 2019. And they were then selected as a recipient in 2020. And you know, federal contracting moves super, super fast, as you know. So we actually were able to, they finally signed their cooperative agreement in February of last year. And then the major work, major effort, major momentum started in June of 2021. Uh, but the purpose of this project, as you mentioned, is to demonstrate truck automation technology with companies, with trucking fleets in revenue service. That's probably the key. I want to say it's it's the fact that we're we want to work with with trucking fleets in operation. And then, like you said, tackle that edge case. You know, there's to ultimately achieve widespread adoption, we have to get out of the, the Southwest and even Southeast. I mean, these technologies have to operate in all four seasons. And, you know, Ohio has really, Ohio and Indiana are embracing technology. They want to assist and be a partner to the private sector in exploring how it can be used. Um, so that really is the goal is to it's a partnership between Indiana and Ohio Department of Transportation and FHWA, along with the Transportation Research Center, who is participating in the project. And they wanted to deploy and demonstrate three levels of truck automation platooning, which is considered level one. Uh, platooning is obviously a convoy of two or more trucks with the lead truck being driven manually. Uh, level two is a partially automated truck, much like a lot the technology that's available in passenger cars today. 
Uh, and level four is, is very similar to Tesla's and some of the other self-driving passenger cars that are on the road today. Level four is a highly automated vehicle that can perform all the driving functions without a driver. So level four is really just entering the market in commercial vehicles today. There are no true driverless operations of this technology, but several companies are piloting, testing, and creating partnerships, which is working toward that adoption in the coming years. So that's the major element of the project, but secondary, I mentioned TRC. TRC is helping to understand the role of the infrastructure owner operator. These are, this is Indiana DOT and Ohio DOT by conducting a route audit of I-70. The desired deployment area is on I-70 because it is the, the major corridor that connects the two states. Um, so TRC will be auditing I-70 between Columbus and Indianapolis using vehicles equipped with, with similar technology to that that's on these automated trucks. And that audit will gather data about I-70's road condition and how it affects the operation of automation technology. So it's really gathering, they're driving this section of road you know, multiple times, they've already started this process. And this will help the, the agencies to not only identify and correct the deficiencies on this portion of I-70, but using that data and that methodology, the analysis methodology, they'll be creating an open source tool that will help other state DOTs um, if they are interested in assessing their own roadways. Um, so the final element, you know, in addition to the road audit and the deployment, we'll be doing a lot of uh, information sharing um, with the private sector so that we can help them all understand the necessary activities to make um, our public roadways and, and private business operations ready for automated vehicles. Yeah, and, it, and we were so excited to get involved formally. Um, you know, NACV is informally involved in a lot of projects like these, but the, here we're, we're working with HNTB and uh, to really help find those fleet uh, freight partners. And, um, you know, it's a lot of fun and it, and it fits what NACV is trying to do. I mean, we're working in the aut automation place space because, you know, there is an efficiency benefit. There's a productivity benefit where, you know, some trucks can be operated more hours of the day on and on. So, and it's real world. So um, really excited about it. Now you, you actually have a, a, a sort of a challenge right now for our listeners to maybe get involved in this project, right? Cause we're, yes. we're moving to beginning to select who might be the fleet partners and, and different characters, right? That's right. The first year, you know, we're coming up on finishing our first year, as I mentioned. So we've focused a lot the first year around, you know, creating the foundation, understanding what the schedule looks like. But we've been doing a lot of engagement and having a lot of discussions with technology developers, trucking fleets, uh, OEMs, kind of trying to understand their readiness for the technology and assess their interest in projects like this one. Uh, and also just familiarize them with the technology and make them aware of these potential opportunities. So kind of leading up to that, and at the end of last year, we developed a request for information that was just published, um, was published on March 22nd, and that RFI will be open until May 2nd. And the purpose of that is really to identify the interest among potential participants. We really left it open. We directed it to anybody who's interested in being a part of this, this project, whether it's a technology developer, whether it's a trucking fleet, whether it's an OEM, whether it's a research entity. Um, we're looking for any and all potential partners to who are interested in these three types of demonstrations, the platooning, the level two, and the level four. Um, so the other thing that the RFI, so the RFI was released on March 22nd. We'll have we'll be having a webinar to answer questions sort of in real time um, on April 20, on April 19th. 
at 10 a.m. Um, but you know, we hope to find responses from these interested parties and put together deployment teams. And these teams, deployment teams will include, we expect, you know, any and all companies and firms that are want to participate and execute these technology deployments. Um, and the agencies, Drive Ohio and INDOT, plan to make multiple awards. So we'll use the RFI and all of the questions that we ask of potential prospective participants to create an RFP. The RFP will be released in the summer of 2022. And ultimately we hope to award, you know, one or more projects in the fall of 2022 so that we can collect, get these, get these technologies out there, collect data and measure performance and measure the impact over, you know, at least six to nine months, ideally up to a year if we're able to, um, and publish results in early 2025. Wow, very cool. So um, if people want to get involved, how do they do that? So the, the RFI is currently posted to the Ohio Department of Transportation's website. There's also within that RFI a link to the webinar that I mentioned on April 19th. And they can also uh, contact you or me. And we're happy <laughs> to connect them with Drive Ohio and INDOT as we're both involved in the project. And I would really encourage people to just stay engaged, reach out to you or me and ask questions. Yeah, we're really uh, we're really excited about this. So we're about out of time, Diane. It always goes fast. But uh, you know, you're you're really working on projects where the rubber hits the road with these technologies. So a lot of our listeners are, are folks trying to you know figure out how to bring new ideas to the market or implement them um, in, in different ways. Uh, what what it what maybe are a couple of pieces of advice or what would you have them do uh, to be more successful when it comes to deployments? I think it's the two things that I sort of mentioned already, you know, stay engaged, understanding the role of technology. I know that that NAC, you guys put out a whole bunch of inf interesting information and it's very bite-sized. And if you have five minutes, you can certainly read an article that takes five minutes, but there's a lot of other more in-depth information if that's what you're looking for. Um, and the public sector, the agencies like INDOT and Drive Ohio are really trying to get garner even more interest by putting out projects like the I-70 truck automation corridor project. That is a perfect opportunity, especially for trucking companies who may be interested in technology, but haven't really figured out how to plan for it strategically. It sort of gives them an opportunity to test drive uh, for lack of a better word, test drive this technology and figure out if it does really impact their business for the better. So there's there's opportunities out there through grant funded projects uh, because both the federal and state levels recognize the private sector's involvement and their the importance of their involvement to drive widespread adoption. Yeah, yeah, I and mean, companies like HNTB are there to help make it easy or for those uh, yes. for those you know real end users to to experience and uh, and work with the technology. So Diane, thank you so much for joining me. You're doing incredibly interesting work, um, and and I learned a lot in the last half hour. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you. Freight efficiency with NACFI's Mike Roth and friends.